gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Superflex Super Show proudly brings to you Sam Stompy Lane. You know, you have a lot more energy than I did on part one, so I don't really appreciate this. I'm going to run out of steam quick here. I'm James the Brain, and this is the Superflex Super Show. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Start sit. That's right. We're back with start sits. We are doing part two here of the start sits. Part one, Stompy, you uh, elegantly nailed um, with uh, John McClin. So I uh, can't wait to to re-listen to that one after I uh, after you know we drop this, so I can kind of compare how we did. But before I get into it, I do want to let everyone know where they can find another great podcast, the Trade Addicts Podcast. Look, every week, host Russ. Fisher and Brian Har examine news from the NFL and work it in all daily actionable dynasty trade advice. They'll review trades and examine player value and situations. That's another fine on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, or at the DLF family of podcasts on dynastyweekfootball.com. Be sure to subscribe to all those great podcasts. All right. So Stompy, before now that we've let everybody know where that podcast can be found. Let's go to Ethan. Ethan and I are going to go over some injuries. So, uh, so Stompy, if you don't mind, let's, let's say uh, welcome in Ethan, and I'm going to go over some injuries with him here. I'm here with Ethan Turner. Uh, you can follow Ethan Turner at eTurnerFF underscore PT. Uh, Ethan, let's get into some injuries, man. Let's start right off the bat with Christian Kirk. What's going on with Christian Kirk? Arizona really is, uh, is playing better. They've won a couple in a row. That offense is starting to fire on all cylinders. Kirk hasn't been a part of it for the most part. Uh, what can we expect moving forward from him? Yeah, he's been dealing with uh, a bit of an ankle injury, an ankle sprain. Um, appears to be a, kind of trending towards the right direction. It looks like he is practicing again in a limited fashion last week and this week. Um, I do expect him to return uh, this week from that ankle injury. And I think it's it's a good time to return because that offense seems to be really kind of finding its stride here in the middle of the season. Um, and I think that I think this is going to be a good thing for Kirk. Uh, it does kind of push out some of those wide receiver threes. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is still going to get his. Uh, David Johnson should still get his, but he's kind of dealing with his own little uh, uh, nicks here and there. So um, overall, I think I think Kirk returns, and I think he gets in- integrated into the game plan uh, pretty quickly. Okay, well, that's good to hear. Then another nice matchup for them too against the Giants this week. So uh, he should be able to hit the ground running if he's ready to go. Let's, let's go to Amari Cooper here. Uh, Amari Cooper, I, I um, personally, I'm I'm just going to let you know. It took me a while to get on Amari Cooper as a fantasy asset. I didn't always buy him and his value. I finally came around to saying, you know what, Amari Cooper, I I got to take the L on this one. He's just been too good. I traded for him in a bunch of spots. And now he's hurt. So what's going on? What can I expect from Amari Cooper? Is he is he going to be back this week, Ethan? Yeah, Cooper is the king of of if you're a consistency guy, and you really love consistency. Uh, he Cooper is not your guy. <laughs> he's he's probably the the the, the antithesis of of cons, consistent. So uh, Cooper, he's dealing with a, a quad contusion. His status is reportedly in a pretty serious question uh, for Sunday. Uh, against the Eagles, not practicing this week, which is never really a good sign. Quad contusions are one of those things that they're very painful. 
Um, it, it appears that he had a pretty significant one. Apparently, he was barely able to walk on Monday. So uh, highly unlikely that we see him this week. He could even miss next week as well. So uh, Cooper is you're probably going to be without Cooper this week at a minimum. Could be looking at a couple weeks here. Okay, well, at least that's good to know going into it, I guess, uh, kind of what I'm getting myself into here. So uh, let, let's let's move on. Let's let's go to some updates here, and uh, I'm going to throw it to the Giants, and uh, you can update them one by one if you can for us, Ethan. We got Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, all uh, you know missing last Thursday's games with injuries. Um, what can we expect from those guys moving forward? Are any of these guys looking like they're going to be able to suit up, or, or what, uh, what kind of Giants team is going to take the field against the Cardinals on Sunday? So a lot of mysteries surrounding this team for sure. Saquon Barkley is dealing with that high ankle sprain again. Uh, we've talked about it the last couple weeks, so I'm not going to go into too much depth, but he is looking like the star healing is working with him. Uh, he is looking at a return possibly just four weeks removed from that high ankle sprain. So uh, good news for Saquon owners. I know that they're kind of desperate to get him back. So uh, is looking like he's going to play in that game. Pretty, pretty good matchup. That team has given up a lot of points. Um, the other good thing for Saquon is it doesn't look like he's going to have his wide receiver one in Sterling Shepard. He's dealing with a concussion. We are still waiting for him to clear protocol again. This is his second concussion. You can normally expect a longer uh, time missed uh, on recurrent recussions. So uh, this is this is definitely an, uh, an issue that we're seeing here with Shepard with the second one in the year. He is kind of practicing on a limited basis, but uh, I expect him to miss another week uh, if for some if by some chance he does clear protocol, uh, we will we will uh, definitely see him on on Sunday. But uh, again, this is uh, this is one of those things where I just I have this gut feeling that they're going to keep him out another week. Evan Ingram, he's been dealing with an MCL sprain. This is pretty minor from all reports, so I, I kind of expect him to be back this week. Uh, but again, this is one you're just going to kind of have to keep an eye on. He is getting some limited practice to start the week, so always good to see him back practicing. But uh, again, this is kind of one of those how does he feel game day morning. So um, I expect him to play, but that is not always a given that he will. Sounds like we're going to have to monitor these guys throughout the week. Another great reason for all you listeners to follow Ethan Turner again at eTurnerFF underscore PT. He's going to keep you up to date and informed on all these injuries moving forward throughout the week. So you don't have to worry about missing any news that could be coming out on these guys. So let's go ahead, uh, Ethan, and move forward to Mitchell Trubisky. This is interesting. The Bears coming off a bye. It sounded like this was was kind of the reason why they held him out uh, in, in London was, you know, why, why rush him back when, you know, we have a bye week coming up here. Um, so can we expect Mitchell Trubisky back now? Yeah, I think he can. Uh, Trubisky, again, I think I think I agree with what you were saying, that this was, this was a, a long-term play to keep him out. Uh, you get an extra week in the bye week to heal. Uh, you don't have to worry about him uh, re-injuring his shoulder immediately. Uh, he's he's now had two full practices in this week, so it does look like he's going to return this uh, this week. But not exactly the best matchup to come into. He's dealing with the Saints. The Saints have been absolutely uh, horrendous to opposing quarterbacks for the last month. I don't expect that to be any different. Trubisky wasn't playing super well before he got hurt, and I don't um, I don't think that that he's going to come back and play uh, particularly well in this game with the, with the tough matchup. Yeah, it really is a tough matchup. The Saints defense has been fantastic. Uh, this is not the ideal matchup that you want to come back to. Um, Saints are a little banged up too. Um, 
And so I, I guess let's go to the Saints. So we have Alvin Kamara, um, and he's he's banged up. He's been missing some practice. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. If not, it looks like it may be Latavius Murray. What do we know about Alvin Kamara right now? This one's kind of murky, isn't it? This one is kind of murky, and it's obviously got huge implications as well. We're talking about a top five fantasy running back. Um, Kamara is dealing with what has been described as a high ankle type issue, which uh, basically just tells me some type of ankle sprain. Um, could be a high ankle sprain, which is kind of the the worst of the the two options here. Um, the team, the team, and Kamara himself have come out and said that he, they think that he has a shot to play uh, against the Bears. But I, I do I do think this is kind of a wishful thinking. Again, we we always 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 take what players say about their injuries with a grain of salt, and I think that's the case here. Kamara will say he wants to play, but this is this is really going to be one of those things where uh, he's not going to practice all week. They've already said he's not going to have practice all week. It's going to be a true game time decision, and I'm going to lean towards him not playing. They're going to take it. Uh, they're going to they're going to basically t- take take the high road here, um, and and sit him a week, and hopefully have him healthy for whenever Drew Brees returns, which which appears to be coming uh, here pretty quick. Yeah, that could be uh, that could be a big name missing a game there against a very tough defense. So that will be something to continue to monitor again. Follow Ethan because uh, Eddie Turner FF underscore PT. These are the kinds of things that he can keep you up to date on as we move forward throughout the week and the weekend. So, uh, Ethan, let's go to the Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams. Um, what are we hearing with that? It was turf toe. I think you had told you had uh, you had reported last week with that. Um, what are we expecting here? Is it still going to keep him out? Yeah, this is this is a tough one because Devonta Adams again. We're talking about a lot of superstars right now, which is which really sucks. <laughs> it's not fun when you have to talk about the good players uh, when it when it comes to injuries. But he's dealing with this turf toe. This is one of those things that it is hard to rehab a toe. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of ways that you can get it to heal much faster. The star healing doesn't always apply to the foot and toe region, just because it's just you have to you have to use it every day and it's really hard to kind of take the pressure off and give it time to heal and as soon as you let it heal it's in an nfl season then a turf toe injury is never going to have the amount of time that it needs to actually fully heal which means he's always going to be a risk for the rest of the season uh to re-injure this Uh, he hasn't practiced this week so i don't expect him to play Um, but again this is one of those things that could really derail a season for a guy that I think for the most part was a consensus top five wide receiver coming into the season. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to monitor too. Another one, because you know, what, what's going to happen down the road with this team? Uh, you know, the passing attack looks totally different without Devonte Adams in there. Um, so it affects other, other pieces, obviously, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, uh, maybe the running game too, uh, with, uh, with Aaron Jones or with Jamal Williams. So the usage of those guys and some of the receivers that may see an increase in snaps, guys like Alan Lazard right now, um, could be increased by what happens with Devontae Adams. So um, something to k- keep an eye on throughout this, uh, throughout the uh, the next few weeks here, it sounds like. Um, what about the Rams? They have Todd Gurley. He missed last week. Um, and so now this week, I, I don't really know what to make out of it. What 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 do we make out of Todd Gurley? Is he, is he back? You know, he didn't suit up in week six, and I think he's dealing with this quad contusion as well, kind of a quad injury. We're not Again, not exactly sure what's going on with him. 
Um, but he has got some limited reps both in Wednesday and Thursday's practice. I do expect him to play, uh, but I do think we see a little bit more Daryl Henderson. I think the team kind of got a glimpse last week on what they might have with him. Um, again, they were high on him coming into the year, obviously took him in the third round, and they expected him to be able to carry some of the workload. It didn't seem like they were giving him that chance to start the year, but he's a rookie. You know, they He has to earn the trust of the coaching staff, and I think he is – he given the effectiveness that he had last week um, in Gurley's absence, I do expect we see him get sprinkled in here a little bit more to try to take the load off of Todd Gurley. Again, uh, this team is, is trying to stay competitive for the Super Bowl. They're making huge trades with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, this is a team that wants to win at the end of the season. They're not really caring about your fantasy season in the uh, weeks six and seven. So, uh, I, I do expect us to to see Todd Gurley, but I don't expect us to see a, a full workload Todd Gurley um, either this week or probably into next week and the week after that as well. Okay, so if you have to use Todd Gurley during the bye weeks here, just temper your expectations. It, it might be more of a timeshare than uh, what we've been used to at least early on in this season. Uh, Ethan, let's go to Tyrell Williams. This is another one that kind of um, – kind of shocked me because man the Raiders at the beginning of the year when Antonio Brown looked like he was going to be there and Tyrell Williams was there this this looked like a strong wide receiver core Um, obviously we know what happened with Antonio Brown now Tyrell Williams is suffering with an injury and boy that receiving core does not look the same without these two guys is Tyrell Williams going to be back or are they are the the Raiders going to have to try to find a way to win a game without him I think they're going to be without him this week he's dealing with plantar fasciitis which is not ideal. Again, one of those things you can't really, you can rehab it, but you can never make it feel as good. Um, it, it's incredibly painful. Um, and it, it's one of those things that just tends to linger longer and longer. Anyone that's listening that has had plantar fasciitis will tell you that it's not something that just like gets better magically overnight. I mean, it takes a long time to really get it feeling pretty good. Uh, Williams missed week five, had a bye, still doesn't look like he's ready to return. Uh, again, not practicing this week so far. Uh, it's looking like week seven is a no-go, um, and, and that is a shame. This could be something that even lingers on into week eight and nine, which is uh, I think you've been I've been impressed for the most part with Williams being the de facto wide receiver one. I still think he's uh, I still think he's he's one of the lower end wide receiver ones that you can have on your team. But um, the longer he misses with this injury, the less the less likely we're going to be talking about him uh, as a prime fantasy asset. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not not an ideal time to miss to miss this time for him, uh, especially with where the Raiders are at right now in their season. So, um, Ethan, we got one more guy to cover, and actually, his team is on a bye this week, and that's that's uh, your favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here, Mason Rudolph. Uh, what, what's going on with him? Is he coming back? I, I'm I'm ready. I've got Mason Rudolph pretty much everywhere. I'm ready for this guy to come back after the bye. Do we think he's back? Yeah, he's he's cleared concussion protocol despite my um, very much chagrin as far as my medical my medical opinion and my fantasy opinion are are conflicting right now uh, because again uh, he's dealing with a pretty serious concussion. I mean, he got knocked out for almost a full minute. The fact that he has already cleared protocol and it can now take hits again is just. I just worry about his health uh, long-term. He's a young guy. I don't know if the Steelers are necessarily competitive at the moment, which is tough to say as a Steelers fan, but uh, I just wonder if this is the 
best option for Rudolph and the Steelers long term. You know, if another major hit happens, are we talking about this being, you know, basically negligent on the Steelers' part? And I still, I still think that is very much a possibility. So he's cleared protocol. Once he gets back, he will be starting. But, but man, you gotta still in the back of your head, you're thinking, is this the right decision? And, and from my armchair, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it is. I see. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting too, for us to monitor uh, moving forward again as well. Another, another player that may be uh, getting cleared to, to return from injury a little too soon. And uh, especially from a concussion, we know that we don't, we don't want to see players coming back too soon from that. The long-term ramifications uh, seem to be bad, (laughs) very, very bad. So um, let's hope that's not the case or let's hope that when he does have contact in a couple weeks, you know, he's a little bit, little bit more ready to, uh, to, to take on that role. But, uh, Ethan, thank you again, uh, for, for covering the injuries, everyone, uh, please follow Ethan on Twitter at eTurnerFF underscore PT. Again, he is going to keep you up to date with all the injuries throughout the weekend, the weekend. Um, and, uh, and so Ethan, uh, thanks again. We appreciate you covering all these. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. All right, thanks again, Ethan. I'm back here with Stompy. Stompy, let's go over these matchups. Uh, I've got the first one. So lucky to have this matchup. This is a barn burner. The Miami Dolphins going to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. So many fantasy players that everyone is wondering about in this one. So let's get to it. My green light, I've got Frank Gore and Josh Allen. Look, Miami is bad defensively. They're really bad against the run. We just saw Adrian Peterson put up over 100 yards. That's the first time this year he's even come close to having a fantasy-relevant game. He he looked good for Washington. I expect Buffalo to be able to run the ball. Frank Gore is, is tried and true. Um, we'll get to Devin Singletary in a little bit. It sounds like he's going to be back, but I still think Frank Gore is the guy that you can rely on here in this matchup. And Josh Allen is also my uh, my other green light. There's only two green lights in this game for me, and it's those guys. Those are the guys that you can bank on for, uh, for fantasy points week in and week out, and in a positive matchup, I like them even more. So those are my green lights there. My yellow lights, Devin Singletary, again, he's coming back from an injury. He's been banged up. Um, so, you know, we we don't really know what to expect from him as far as what his role is going to be. He doesn't always get a whole lot of touches anyways. He's just shown that he can be efficient with the touches he has. I think it'll be more the same of that. I think he'll get a limited amount of touches, but I think he'll be efficient with them. My only non-red light for the Miami Dolphins is before you, yeah, everyone goes and starts saying it's, it's you know, homerism or, or you know, I just, I'm, I'm in love with this player, which I am. Uh, look, Albert Wilson is the only player on the Miami Dolphins that is capable of making his fantasy day relevant with one play. That's the reason why I like Albert Wilson. Um, also, you know, uh, with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, it looks like he was more comfortable through him we know what ryan fitzpatrick does we've seen him when he has big games it's those big plays i think albert wilson's the big play receiver here and i think he can he can have that one big play to make his game so he's he's a yellow light for me again because of bye weeks you might need a guy so i, I would still proceed with caution red lights is everybody else all the bills wide receivers all the bills tight ends all the dolphins basically outside of albert wilson i i know I, this is a terrible matchup for the dolphins Buffalo's deep, both run and pass defense. They don't give up a lot of fantasy points to any position in particular. So I just don't like any of the Miami Dolphins, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We don't really know what to expect. Um, Patrick and how the how they're going to attack defenses. Sounds like Kenyon Drake is on the trade block. 
I, I, that could mean a whole lot of Mark Walton. I, I just don't know with this Miami team. Um, in, in a normal week, I don't look to play Dolphins. In this week against a tough Bills team on the road, uh, yeah, I'm staying away from all of them for the most part. And again, the the, the Bills, the only guys I'm playing, Frank Gore, uh, Devin Singletary, and Josh Allen are the only guys that uh, that get um, are, are playable for me just because week in and week out, those are the only guys that you can really kind of count on uh, when they're healthy. So, Stompy, what do you think? Yeah, well, uh, God, I, I just – I don't know about Frank Gore as a green light um this week i like i get it but with singletary back i i guess i just don't know i i would put both of them as yellow lights because singletary has been more effective but gore has been getting the volume um so i think both could be startable they're just their ceilings are capped with each other there um so yeah i mean i i think josh allen's a green light I don't know if I necessarily agree on the Bills wide receivers. I think uh, John Brown is a yellow light for me. Um, so is Cole Beasley this week. Um, and that's really all I have there. Uh, I just, it, if you're going to have Josh Allen as a green light, I think you have to have some of his pass catchers as at least a yellow light this week, especially against a just horrendous all around. Uh, Miami Dolphins defense yeah no I agree I think there's going to be some wide receivers for Buffalo that end up being yellow lights I just don't know which ones and I, I don't want to take the chance that you know it, it could be Cole Beasley Cole Beasley could also have three grabs for 25 yards you know and so I, I just I don't feel comfortable identifying which receiver or two it's going to be um, it could also be a tight end I mean it could be Dawson Knox it could be Duke Williams it could be I, I just don't know um, so because of that, because I'm not, it's, it's John Brown, it's John Brown. Be real. John, John Brown. Brown. Okay. You, you say John Brown. I'll go with that. I'll put John Brown as a yellow change. Frank Gore is still, I, I do think you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, with what you say, uh, you know, that Frank Gore is getting the volume. Devin Singletary has been better. He's been more efficient. Uh, so, so I can understand normally them both being yellow lights, but I just think the volume against this defense is, is, going to equate to 80 yards and a touchdown. You know, I mean, to me, that's if you have Frank Gore and, you know, you're, you're starting him as you're running back too, and that's the production you can get, you take it all day. Um, so to me, he's still a green light, but yeah, definitely an interesting, uh, interesting spin, especially with those receivers. We'll see kind of how that works out. So you have the next matchup. That is the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals Stompy. How do you see that one playing out? So, I mean, Bengals defense, just uh, just above the Miami defense in terms of how terrible they are. Uh, Bengals are slightly better, but not that much better. Um, so for that reason, a, a lot of green lights here for the Jaguars. Um, Gardner Minshew, Leonard Fournette, DJ Chark, um, I think are all green lights here. Uh, the, it's interesting. The Bengals have actually been decent against wide receivers this season. Um, likely that's because they've – been terrible against running backs. <laughs> I think Leonard Fournette is a like the running back start of the week this week. Uh, the Bengals have given up the most fantasy points to running backs this season. Uh, they've given up four games of over twenty points to running backs in in six. Um, they've given up 
double digit fantasy points to i mean i'm gonna say uncountable it's obviously countable but the point is they've given up double digit fantasy points to a lot of running backs leonard fournette is the rb9 currently he is i believe seventh in running back targets this season as well so he he's getting a ton of volume so uh, against a Bengals team that is very vulnerable against the run and gives up um receptions to running backs i think leonard fournette is like the green light of green lights this week uh, among running backs um and then the only green light i have for cincinnati is tyler boyd obviously tyler boyd's going to get a ton of volume the uh jaguars did just trade trade jalen ramsey so they are definitely worse off right now than they were before with jalen ramsey they do have um AJ Bouye there as the cornerback one, but I don't know how much he really goes into the slot. Boyd obviously playing a significant portion of his snaps from the slot, so I think he is in um, in for a oh, Jesus. Mark this down because I just lost my train of thought. Uh, he is in for a good game uh, this week. Um, yellow lights for me uh, on Tate. Who, who would have thought we would have said on tape, but he has, I believe, 10-6 and 10, 10-6, 6 and 10 targets the last four weeks. Obviously, the main number, uh, main uh, outside receiver, I don't think we're you can expect A.J. Green this week. So on Tate is in for some volume again this week, and he has produced when he's been given that volume. So I think he's a yellow light this week. I don't know if you can expect a ton from him, but when given the chance, he's scored. He's not going to score a ton, but he will give you uh, significant fantasy points along that line. Andy Dalton don't know how Andy Dalton is just like uh, continues to be the, the line of mediocrity in the NFL in terms of QB play. And he's just so inconsistent and he just has not been playing. I mean, the last couple of games, he hasn't played well really at all. Um, he's still somehow the QB 12 right now, uh, in total points. Um, he's QB 15 in points per game. Uh, the last three weeks he's been okay, but he's had, he had 9.4 and that debacle on in prime time, which was just so much. So Andy Dalton, but he had 21.6 against Arizona and 18 against Baltimore. Of course, those two matchups, he should have been a lot better. So I don't really know. But he's got four games of over 20 fantasy points. So if you're in need of a, a quarterback because of bye weeks or you stream or you need him as a QB2, Andy Dalton's not a bad start this week against the Jaguars, who whose defense has just not looked the same as it did in 2017. Uh, Mixon, uh, there was a tweet that was put out last week, or this I think yesterday actually, that said that Mixon's only running eight routes a game he's not getting eight targets he's getting eight routes a game and that is absolute misuse of joe mixon and hopefully zach taylor gets the memo and he needs to use joe mixon in that role or in that pass catching role um it's hard to sit mixon at this point the jaguars have not been fantastic against running backs this season um they ran, they've allowed the eighth most points to fantasy points to running backs this season. Uh, so I think Jix, Mixon could have a decent game this week. I mean, the, the, the Jaguars did give up 47.7 points to, um, 
to Christian McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara got 13.6. Latavius Murray got 10.9. So they give up 20 over 24 fantasy points to the Saints running back. So hopefully Mixon can get you a double digit point um, fantasy week. Uh, so I feel okay about starting Mixon. I put Josh Oliver on here. I don't know if he's actually playing. Um, I don't think Ethan does either. But, um, oh, he is expecting. They, they say he's expected to play Sunday. Uh, and the the Jaguars could always use another pass catcher. And we saw what James O'Shaughnessy could do with Gardner Minshew. And Josh Oliver is more athletic than James O'Shaughnessy. And if he steps into that role, he could be a startable asset this week and moving forward. So I put Josh Oliver as a yellow light. It is his first game as a rookie. I wouldn't expect a ton from him. Um, D. Westbrook. Obviously, the Jaguars don't have a lot of pass catchers, and but the Bengals' secondary is terrible, so I think D.D. Westbrook's a yellow light. He just has not lived up to expectations, but he's getting targets. He's getting volume, so if you need to start D.D. Westbrook, you should be fine. Really, the only red lights I have this week in terms of like actual significant contributors to these teams is Eifert and Uzoma. Um, they just haven't done a lot this year. I, they're not using the tight ends. Um, the, the, the Bengals aren't using tight ends this season. So I, I just wouldn't expect much from them. Uh, the Jaguars aren't giving up a lot of fantasy points to tight ends anyway. So yeah, I would be setting those two. That's interesting. Stompy. I will say this. Uh, if, if Mixon doesn't have a good game again, it's going to start getting a whole lot easier to sit him, isn't it? I mean, these disappointing performances in some positive matchups are starting to get old. Um, you know, I I don't know how you can keep trotting him out there as an RB2 or, I mean, maybe as a, as a flex play in these bye weeks, but it's going to start getting a little easier to sit him if he's continue struggling. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, I think it depends on team makeup, but no. Uh, I mean, if if you have better options, sure. But when he, he was a first, second round pick and – there's just I, I doubt a lot of guys have better options, and le- I mean, it's not like the three of the last. F- I mean, three of the last four games, he's actually been decent. His just his usage in the past game is what is hindering him or lack thereof. Um, so I I just it's hard to sit him because he is absolutely able to go off for a twenty point fantasy game because of who he is and what team he's on. But, like, I get the sentiment, but I just don't know. Unless you have a better option, I don't I don't know if you're going to be able to sit Mexican very much. Yeah, fair enough. That's that, that's a good point. It, it's going to be difficult to find a spot to, to you know, to, to sit him. Um, that's for sure. So, um, Stumpy, let's, let's go to the next game. I have the Houston Texans going to Indianapolis to take on the Indianapolis Colts. For me, my green whites are Jacoby Brissett, T.Y. Hilton, and Deshaun Watson. First off, Jacoby Brissett's a green light for me. Uh, Houston is pretty good against the run. They're eighth at stopping the run and run defense, 24th against the pass. I think if you're going to beat this Houston team, you're going to do it through the air, and I think that that means Jacoby Brissett's going to have to have some success. Um, I also think that that means that if he's going to have success and T.Y. Hilton is going to suit up, T.Y. Hilton's going to have some success too. Um, so those guys to me are green lights. I expect them to have a nice game. 
Texans have not been great against the pass again. So I would think that the Colts are going to uh, game plan uh, accordingly. Um, and this could be a shootout. I mean, Deshaun Watson and that offense has been looking better and better. They looked really good against Kansas City, putting up 31 points against them. If they're going to be uh, on their game and they're going to be playing well offensively, Colts are going to have to throw the ball to keep, keep up with this team. Um, so that's those two are definitely green lines for me for the Colts. Again, for the Texans, it's Deshaun Watson. Look, he's just been playing so well lately. It's hard to not give him a green line. The Colts pretty much middle of the pack and rush and pass defense. So it's hard to know how Houston is really going to, to try to attack him. But it just seems like the passing game is working, firing on all cylinders. And the running game's been pretty good, too. I just have much more faith in guys like Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, as opposed to guys like Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. So to me, I think those are those are the guys that I'm, I'm looking as uh, eggs green whites. Again, start Watson with confidence. I think he's going to have a fantastic game. Brissett is another green white, um, you know, in a, in a nice week. Uh, he, he has a decent matchup in a week that you could probably use him uh, because there's a lot of uh, quarterbacks on a bye this week. And then T.Y. Hilton, again, if he's healthy and he's playing, you got to start him. So uh, to me, those are the green whites. My yellow whites, look, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, um, and uh, uh, and their, their tight end, uh, Fells. Uh, to me, all three of these guys are green lights because it could be a Will Fuller game. We've seen what a Will Fuller game looks like. That's that's he ends up being a green light, but it, it in turn Hopkins, you know, doesn't put up the numbers that we're used to seeing with Hopkins. So um, to me, it's very interesting to see how they're going to attack this Colts defense if they're going to do it um, with wide receivers, with running backs. I think uh, Hopkins again as a yellow white. Basically, I'm, I'm just I'm I, I'm not saying sit him because I don't think you'll ever sit DeAndre Hopkins, nor should you. But I'm just saying, temper your expectations. Um, you know, if you think uh, a, a big game for DeAndre Hopkins is probably, what, 150 yards and two scores, I wouldn't expect that. Uh, but if you get 100 yards and a touchdown out of him, that wouldn't shock me. So same thing with Will Fuller. Uh, you know, we've seen some big games. He's really boomer bust. Really hard to know whether or not this is going to translate into a Will Fuller game or not. Uh, if it does, great. Um, if it doesn't, then... Uh, you know, you're 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 looking at a, a probably a pretty disappointing performance from Fuller in your lineup. So that's the thing with that. Darren Fells to me, uh, you know, he's really come on. He he looks like the tight end that has emerged in that offense. Uh, Watson is trusting him, especially in the red zone. He's getting touchdowns. So to me, he's on that radar. You know, if you need a tight end play this week, um, this is a guy who I think you could do a lot worse than. Um, Fells is con- going to continue, I think, to get those red zone targets. And uh, and you know, if he if he if he keeps doing what he's doing, I don't see any reason why they're going to go away from him. So that's for sure there. Um, Marlon Mack to me is a yellow light. Um, you know, he's he's been very good uh, when they've used him. I just think that the game plan is going to be more pass oriented. I still think Marlon Mack can get a touchdown here. And uh, I, I still think he's going to get heavy usage. So I, would, I don't think Colts are going to ignore him, even though they're going to focus on the passing game. That's kind of the way I see this game playing out. Carlos Hyde is also a yellow light for me, as, as hard as that was for me, Stompy. I know that neither you or I are Carlos Hyde guys. However, he has been effective. He's been getting the bulk of the carries. It's hard to deny at this point that he's a yellow light in a decent matchup. I mean, the Colts are running uh, are 15th against the run in the league, so I could expect him to put up some decent points. I wouldn't expect a monster game. Um, but again, you know, middle of the middle of the pack run defense, I think um, I could see him, you know, still being a contributing factor in this game. My red whites are both Colts tight ends, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. Neither of those guys have pulled away from each other, and their usage hasn't really been great. Um, even with some of the injuries at wide receiver for the Colts, these guys really haven't seen an uptick in usage. 
shocking to me, but it just seems like Jacoby Brissett is targeting the wide receivers rather than the tight ends in this offense. So to me, both these guys are red whites. I don't like this matchup for them. And I don't know that I like, uh, you know, the way their production is trending right now. So really the only one that I vehemently disagree with is Carlos Hyde. And it has nothing to do with my bias or my hatred of Carlos Hyde as I'm sure you were one to want to point out there, but over the last three weeks, um, the the Colts have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Um, they have yet to give up a hundred yard running back. The biggest game that they've had against them was in week one when Austin Eckler went for 58 yards on 12 carries and a touchdown, but he caught six of seven targets for 96 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, since then, they've allowed three double-digit fantasy days, um, one to Derrick Henry with 82 yards, one to Devontae Freeman with 88 yards, and one to Josh Jacobs with 79 yards. Um, they've also faced like Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, uh, and I just they, – they aren't giving up a lot of points on the ground, and they get their star linebacker uh, Leonard back the Colts do this this week, and I just don't think that Hyde is going to have a very good game. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I think, I, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I could see it. it. It seems like the Colts' defense is trending that way, and that's that's a, a pretty cool observation that you have, Stompy, is kind of the way the Colts have been as of late against the run, as opposed to overall on the season. Um, it's kind of a cool way to look at it and see uh, which way that defense is trending. And it seems like it's trending towards stopping the run a whole lot more. I Still, I think for Carlos Hyde, I mean, I'm not starting this guy as a running back too. I don't think I ever would. I think he would be a flex play for me week in and week out if, if I was looking at playing him. And I still think he's a flex play that could end up getting a touchdown on the ground here. Uh, so I'd still have him as a yellow white, but I can I could definitely understand why you would have him as a red white too. I think uh, his his production will be interesting to see at the end of this one. So let's move on to the next game, Stompy, and this one is all yours. You have the L.A. Chargers going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. This one's interesting. The Chargers' offense looked like it was struggling last week. Now they're going to Tennessee to play a tough defense. How do you see this one playing out, and who is startable, and who would you not touch? Well, this is interesting. I mean, we obviously have the quarterback change in Tennessee, which I don't think changes a ton. But uh, so really, they only have one green light for me on Tennessee, and that's uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, The Chargers have not been fantastic against the run this season. Uh, Over the last three weeks, they've given up the 10th most fantasy points to running backs, including – a 24-point performance to Philip Lindsay in Week Five, and a 30-point, 30, 30 over 30-point performance to James Conner in Week Six. Um, they also gave up a 23-point performance to Marlon Mack in Week One. So they have just not been good against the run, and that's just been true for of the Chargers for the last few seasons. They have not been good against the run. They rank 22nd currently against the run in DVOA. So I think Derrick Henry, because of the volume that he's going to get because of the defense he's facing, is absolutely a green light here. Um, then you have the other Henry, Hunter Henry, who came back with a, a just an explosion last week. Um, I believe he had 
two touchdowns. Let me look that up real quick. Uh, there we are. Um, he had eight catches on nine targets for a hundred yards and two touchdowns. And and before that in week one, he had four of four. He caught four or five for 60 yards. So he's been very involved in the um, passing game for the chargers. And they've really been looking for now that, now that Henry is back and Eckler or, and Gordon is back and Eckler has been somewhat demoted. Uh, Henry seems to be the second favorite pass catcher for Phillip rivers. And he's going to get plenty of volume week in, week out. But the Titans haven't been fantastic or good against uh, tight ends this season. Um, on on the season, they've allowed the 12th most uh, fantasy points to tight ends. They allowed 22 points to Austin Hooper, over 13 to David Njoku, double digits to Eric Ebron. Uh, James O'Shaughnessy scored a touchdown. Lee Smith scored a touchdown in week five. Noah Font didn't do much last week, but when they face good tight ends, they usually let up fantasy points. So I think Derrick Henry's a green light this week, especially at the tight end position. Um, And then obviously Keenan Allen. I think that's a pretty obvious one. I don't really need to go into that. My yellow lights, uh, Melvin Gordon, um, hopefully he can get going this week. I mean, there, there shouldn't have been an expectation for Melvin Gordon to be fantastic right away just because he's been out for, for a long time. He's not in football shape. Um, so we'll see what he can do against the Titans. The, the Titans have given up double-digit fantasy points. They haven't given up huge days to uh, – Two running backs, I mean, but they're vulnerable through the air, so um, that leads me to Austin Eckler. Uh, Austin Eckler, if he's able to catch passes, should have a decent day, but he's a yellow light. Obviously, Gordon Eckler kind of uh, cap each other's ceilings, therefore they are yellow lights. Mike Williams is also a yellow light. I just never know what that guy's going to do week to week. He's super inconsistent. Um, he'll step up one game and then – disappear the next so it's just hard to trust mike williams right now um so he is a yellow light he could end up scoring a touchdown or two and be a, have a huge week but he could also like i said put up a, a dud and you would not be happy with that uh in terms of red lights uh aj brown Corey davis Ryan Tannehill, Delaney Walker, basically everybody else involved with the Titans. Cause I don't know what they're going to look like with Tannehill. Um, I don't expect much of a change just in terms of game plan for the Titans. They're going to run the ball, going to throw the ball less. Um, and you can't expect AJ Brown to have those gigantic games week in and week out because he's just not going to maintain that efficiency. Uh, the Chargers have been very good against tight ends. So Delaney Walker is kind of out of the picture for me. He, I believe, that the uh, Chargers have allowed the second fewest fantasy points to tight ends over the last three weeks. So, yeah, I mean, while Dale Delaney Walker is the one that I would trust most in terms of the pass catchers, I'm not trusting anything with this pass catching unit right now. Yeah, and that's fair. As much as I want to see Ryan Tannehill ball out and, and play really well, we'll have him as a red-white, let's take a wait-and-see approach, you know, We've seen him previously. He was never 
you know, a, a solid fantasy starter. You know, I mean, he was at best, you know, a, a QB two in a in a super flex. And so now it's for it's his first start on a new team. We haven't seen him for a while. It's it's smart. I I really want Tannehill to succeed here, though. I do. Um, I would really really kind of kind of make my Sunday. So um, I'm gonna hope that he he is uh, he's relevant. But I think everything that you named there, I, I don't disagree with any of it. To be honest, I think that's all all right on. That's the approach I would take as well. So. I'm just going to move on to the next game, Stompy. We have the Baltimore Ravens going to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, look, my green whites here, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and Mark Andrews. So I've got a, a, a bunch of green whites here. And look, I, traditionally, the Baltimore Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks, you know, in Seattle, you would think, man, this is going to be a really good defensive game. But uh, both these defenses can be had. And Russell Wilson's been playing fantastic the way he beat Baltimore's through the air. Um, you know, their pass defense is far worse than their rush defense. So I think Russell Wilson and Tyler, Tyler Lockett will have very, very good games. You, these guys have both been guys that you can consistently count on in your fantasy lineups. I think this matchup is is pretty decent for them. So I think they're a green light. Fire them up and, and don't worry about them pretty much like you have all season with those two guys. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been fantastic. If he doesn't get you the points with his arm, he gets them with your with his legs. Um, Fantasy-wise, you want this guy in your lineup every week. He's, he's a green light. I don't know. Besides Mahomes, I don't know if there's anyone else that's more matchup uh, that, that I would I would play regardless of matchup more. Um, it's it's pretty much those two guys, I think, um, are, you know, no matter the matchup, I'm probably trotting those two guys out there. Um, Mark Ingram, to me, this is, look, Seattle can be had on the on the ground. Um, and I think, uh, I think Mark Ingram um, is going to be the beneficiary of that. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to get a lot of his, his yardage on the ground as well. That's why I've only got one of his pass catchers as a green light, and that's Mark Andrews. Uh, Mark Andrews just been fantastic, especially in the red zone. Lamar Jackson looks for him there. Um, Seattle hasn't been great against tight ends. They've been okay, kind of middle of the pack. Um, they're better at home, so this uh, this is a little bit of a, of a cautionary tale. However, Mark Andrews has been very good. Uh, again, he's he's pretty much the wide receiver one there. He's he's the um, leading that team in, in targets um, and receptions. So I expect that to continue. I think he's still going to be the main guy in that passing attack, and he's going to be the guy that they look for in the red zone. Um, so I like Mark Andrews a lot. Those are my green lights, my yellow lights. Look, Malcolm Brown, Hollywood Brown, I, I like him. I just I, I think we can temper expectations. I don't see a lot of passing attempts. I see more running attempts, and even Lamar Jackson having some design runs and some scrambles. So um, I, I like Malcolm Brown a lot. I really do. I just don't know that this is the game that I'm playing Hollywood Brown um, and expecting big things. I say just just proceed with caution. DK Metcalf's another guy. Look, he's starting to look good. Will Disley is out. Um, and so DK Metcalf is starting to, I, I think he's going to start to see more carries or uh, I'm sorry, more targets in this offense. And that's fantastic. I think this, uh, this matchup again, DK Metcalf's going to have a good matchup against Baltimore. Um, you know, if you're going to beat the Ravens, you're going to do it through the air. And so I expect DK Metcalf to be a yellow light. I kind of want to see how his target share increases before I rely on him as a green light, but he's a yellow light in this passing offense. 
and Chris Carson. Look, this Baltimore run defense is pretty good, but Chris Carson has been fantastic. Seattle's at home. If they get a lead and they run the ball, Chris Carson's going to get volume, and I just think on volume alone, he's going to be usable. So I don't think he's going to have a huge game, but you might be able to vulture a touchdown and get 60 yards on the ground, 60 to 70 yards on the ground for him, and that would be good enough. Um, It's not kind of what we have been expecting from Carson, but I think this is a tough matchup for him. I think Baltimore is really going to make Seattle throw the ball here to beat them. My red whites look Rashad Penny is a red white for me. Um, He just hasn't been effective even when he has come in to, to relieve Chris Carson. I don't know if he's going to play. If he is, it's not going to be a hundred percent. And I just, I don't, I don't trust him. Um, Gus Edwards is another guy. What Gus Edwards last week we had is a green light stompy because he was going up against a team that was, that was giving up uh, so many double digit, fantasy days to running backs. Even the backups were having good days. Uh, Gus Edwards has been involved, and I think that he is going to be involved in this one, but I just don't see him being involved enough to really uh, make a difference here in Seattle. So um, for me, he's a red-white. Willie Sneed is a red-white. Um, I, I And and also, uh, you know, any, other, any of the other Ravens receivers really are red-whites for me. Um, I think, uh, I think if they're going to make do in the passing game, it's going to be Mark Andrews. It's going to, uh, going to be the, going to be the guy there that, uh, that is going to be fantasy relevant. Other than that, I don't know that I love any of the other Baltimore pass catchers. Um, Hollywood Brown is the only other guy that I would consider using. Other than that, the other, uh, pass catchers for the Ravens, I, I don't like this week. Um, I think it's going to be a run heavy game for them. So Stompy, uh, the way I'm looking at this, am I way out of, uh, my way out of line here? What, uh, what do you see that you would do differently? Um, so just in terms of the Baltimore rush defense, I think they're relatively middling. Um, they rank 18th in DVOA against the run. Um, they've given up the, uh, let me look on the season. They've given up the 20th most points to, to running backs, but I think a lot, I, and this is more speculation on my part. I think a lot of that has to do with the struggles of the secondary, um, they've given up double digit. There was a, there was a stretch there weeks three, four, three, four, and five, where they gave up uh, five different uh, double digit fantasy games to running backs. I mean, one being that Nick Chubb, 165 yard, three touchdown game, um, but they gave up 54 yards and a touchdown and 26 yards through the air and a touchdown to McCoy. Uh, Daryl Williams had a decent game that game as well. So, I think they can be had on the ground and especially with the Seahawks and the way that Russell Wilson is playing right now and the way that the Baltimore secondary has been playing, even though they have Marcus Peters now that I think that they're going to need help over the top. I think there's going to be a lot of dime nickel and dime being played against the Seahawks from the um, Baltimore Ravens side. And I think that that leaves a lot of light boxes for Chris Carson this week. So I think he's a sneaky, he's a sneakier play than, than some would think. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Baltimore on the year is fourth against the run and 24th against the pass. However, if running backs are scoring points through the air on them, you know, that that makes a big difference, you know, um, because that's part of their pass defense. So uh, it's interesting to look at how the uh, how the running backs are getting their points. So, yeah, uh, that very well could be, too. It could be that uh, that Baltimore overcompensates trying to do stop one than the other. And uh, and Chris Carson ends up being a sneaky play. So I like that. Um, I'm using Carson this week, even though I don't love the matchup. So I, I hope you're right. I hope he uh, he ends up being a sneaky play. So stopping the last one that we have to break down today 
is our Monday night game. The New England Patriots go to New York to take on the New York Jets. Um, this one should be fun. I'm assuming that um, green whites and yellow whites are going to probably be mostly of one team, but I'm going to let you break this one down, Stompy. Finish this out here. Yeah, you're very right. I think Edelman really is the only green light that I like. I mean, New England is the best defense in the league right now. The Jets aren't a bad defense, and it sounds like they're going to have C.J. Mosley back for uh, Monday night. So um, that helps the Jets' defense a ton since he's been out because he's been out since week one. So it's Edelman is my only green light. Obviously, he's going to get – all of the targets that he needs. Um, he's Brady's safety blanket. So I'll always start Edelman, um, yellow lights, uh, Tom Brady, and then the trio of running backs, because God knows, I don't know who is going to be the guy who's getting the the touches. Um, James White gets his targets. Burkhead is kind of the do everything running back. Michelle has gotten double digit carries in five of six games this season. Obviously, Michelle's sealing his cap because he's not really used in the, the passing game. I don't know what they're going to do with Burkhead. So, honestly, you should I should probably put all of these guys in red light because I, I don't know what's going to happen week to week, but all of them are going to put up fantasy points. Um, so, it's probably a yellow light situation for all three. Um, Philip Dorsett. It sounds like Josh Gordon may not play this week because he's dealing with multiple injuries that puts Dorsett as the main outside receiver. And he's stepped up in those games that he's been healthy and asked to be a, one of the main targets. So I really like Dorsett, another yellow light Jacoby Myers. Um, when he's been asked to, he's, he's done well in his usage. So, uh, but I don't think you can expect a ton from Jacoby Myers, but if Josh Gordon doesn't play, I think he will get enough targets to be a, a desperate flex if necessary. Uh, and then Lev Bell, Lev Bell is a three down back. You can't sit three down backs, um, but he's a yellow light this week. Like I said, the Patriots are just so good against the pass and against the run that his ceiling is absolutely capped. And then my red lights are basically all of the um, Jets' passing game. The the uh, the Patriots rank second in DVOA against the pass, third against the rush. They've allowed the f- uh, second fewest, or no, sorry, the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season they've allowed the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers this season you just cannot trust any of the pass catchers or you and you can't trust trust sam donald in this game i think well while sam donald and that offense looked good last week it's just uh, it's hard and and i hate saying this because i hate the patriots it's hard to um, see how this doesn't become a blowout for the Patriots. Yeah, I agree with all that. I This could be another brutal game to watch. Uh, I don't know how New England got this schedule that they did, but uh, but man, they need to thank someone because outside of Pittsburgh, this has been a, uh, a pretty gravy schedule for them. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think, again, you know, this is a nice spot for New England. I agree with everything you said. Le'Veon Bell is probably the only guy that you, you have to kind of consider playing, even as a yellow light. Uh, but this matchup's brutal. That defense is so good, Stompy, that, um, that you're right on with it. So, Stompy, 
we are uh, we're, we're done here, man. We're finished up. We gave the people all the information that we have for them. Good luck to everybody in your matchups this week. We are done then. We are going to sign off. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. And again, stay sexy and super flexy. Let me open the door, take your care.